COVID-19 has undoubtedly turned the music industry upside down with canceled conferences, festivals, and concerts just weeks into this global pandemic. Safe to say, it has greatly affected the multi-billion dollar concert industry. Moreover, touring artists, who may rely heavily on steady gigs throughout the year to generate revenue. On today's episode, R&B producer, singer, songwriter, and fashion designer Chris Stiles joins us to talk about the impacts on the industry he's been a part of for over a decade, his quarantine strategies to stay creative, and his predictions for the months to come. This truly is the current state of the music industry with Chris Stiles. Well, Chris, thanks so much for joining us. We've been very much looking forward to talking to you. You're all the way in Los Angeles. Yeah, thanks for having me. Of course. How is it over there right now? Currently, it is 91 degrees. For those of you who probably would love this, it's fantastic for people like me who partially enjoy it. Um, I'm sitting inside with the AC on. so That's not a bad life. I'm not complaining. No, and it's not bad in quarantine, I'd say. How's that going for you? For me, it's fine. It's a little different because I don't get to see people anymore. But um, and like being out here in Los Angeles, like I don't know if you know or not, but like it's very much social. You know, people are always out parties and after parties, brunch and studios and you name it, live performance, all that stuff. So it's like it's being that everything's at a standstill right now. It's a little different. It's a little eerie too you know, at times, but, uh, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. I bet with every uh, major city out there, the hustle and bustle, that's no longer in existence. I mean, for the time being, but for yourself, I mean, you're used to going out to events as a producer, as a designer, as an artist, you're always on demand and you're a social butterfly. Has this entire experience been a shakeup for you? Or would you say that it's kind of been business as usual? I mean, for the most part, it's business as usual. But like, for instance, as far as like music goes and being a producer, I have my own studio here in Los Angeles. So a lot of times I would have different writers and producers and artists come through. And, you know, it's really cool to be able to just like bounce ideas off of people. Whereas now I'm kind of like the doors are shut. So it's like, sorry, guys, we're not really working right now, like maybe remotely. But so it's a different vibe, you know, because we can still work. But. It's good in the sense that like, you know, I can still work because I still have my own studio. I have the tools to do so, but it sucks on the other hand because I'm used to just like human connection and and interaction when it comes to being creative, you know, which I'm sure a lot of people are also dealing with. So that's like as a producer, but like as a designer, you know, I do have a line that I design. We're sold in New York. We're not sold in Los Angeles, but everything's done here. It just sucks that like some of the ideas I have would require me going to, you know, something as simple as like shop for fabric, which I would do normally. And now it makes it a little bit more tricky. You know what I mean? Yeah, it makes sense for sure. And I'm curious, I mean, from one perspective, as somebody that is a creative type, you know, a designer, somebody that is involved in music, on one hand, maybe this is a time to sort of slow down, pause, reflect, and get really kind of connected or reconnected to certain parts of your creative juices that can help you design even better things and make even more interesting music. But then Maybe on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, ah, you know, maybe that comes from being with people and energy and environment, and we're just kind of isolating. So for yourself, I'm curious to get a better feel of how your creative juices have been flowing over the last number of weeks through this COVID-19. And in general, with your industry, what's the state of it? Yeah, for sure. That's a good question. I mean, I think to lead off of what I was saying earlier, 
about working with people versus not being able to right now. I do find myself having to be a little bit more reliant on my abilities, which is fine. Also, I feel like this is kind of like a refining moment, you know, like it's a lot more spending time with yourself and refining the things that you were doing before as a producer, whether it be, you know, being able to engineer my own sessions and stuff like that or track my own vocals. Luckily, I had been able to do that before. I also got comfortable with the idea of having an engineer here to just do that for me, typically. So I think like right now, it's like a refining moment. So a lot of things that I'm doing now are just like, okay, well, how do we keep moving forward? It's like you step back and you start looking at the things that you're working on. I've had some songs and a project that I've been gearing up to release, but now I've taken a step back and just kind of been like, you know what, maybe I need to add some more music or maybe take it in another direction. And I think this kind of break is, excuse me, helping me channel or open up other parts of my creativity. So it's it's working. It's just, I don't know how everyone else is dealing with it, at least the LA music space, you know, because it's pretty tough. Like, we're really used to being out and amongst each other here in LA, you know? So it, I'm sure it's taking a, a greater toll on some of them than it is on me, but I've been able to, to power through it. So it's good. I have told you this before, Chris, and I'm going to say it again. You're kind of like an enigma because you have the unique ability to really focus on what you want to focus, keep that optimism at a healthy level to kind of keep on keeping on. And for a lot of people right now, given how uncertain times are, how difficult it is to plan next steps ahead, especially as a creative, as an entrepreneur, you've been able to kind of see the silver linings in this situation and other situations and kind of pivot accordingly when you feel like you need to. How have you seriously been able to still stay focused in such a chaotic time? I don't think I've ever asked you this before, but I I do really want to know, how do you maintain that level of positivity when there is so much uncertainty? First of all, I appreciate that. Thank you. But I think that it goes hand in hand with my personality and, and my character. The way that I am, like I'm a pretty positive person as it is regardless, you know, like whether I'm in situations where I'm under pressure or whether I'm not, I try to just kind of focus on whatever I'm projecting. I focus on myself first, you know? So I think the good thing about being in a situation where you're forced or you should be staying inside and to yourself as much as possible is it kind of like removes all the excuses to why you're not building yourself up more, why you're not listening to yourself more, or even asking yourself questions that you may have like skipped over or skimmed over because you were distracted by regular everyday life. I've always been like this. Like, I've always been someone who's like pretty much rooted in the things that I firmly believe and trying to learn as much as I can. And like, I listen quite a bit too, but I think a lot of it is just that I can look around and see the things that I've accomplished this far independently and just kind of like appreciate it. So that's part of it. Like I'm always appreciated and like really grateful of the things, little things. I think that's part of the reason why I've been able to at least keep it on track this far. <laughs> Hopefully it continues. So when we're talking about sort of mentality and approach to life and keeping a level head in strange and uncertain times, you're actually born in Ottawa, a Canadian that's been, you know, living in the U.S. for some time now down in L.A. So I'm curious, as somebody that knows both cultures well, has lived in both countries, what are you noticing about how this pandemic is being handled in the United States or what it looks like as, as somebody living in the United States looking back at Canada? What's the experience of being a Canadian in L.A. right now? 
Well, one, the first thing that comes to mind is I remember there was a time when it was difficult for me to travel to the U.S. to pursue my career. And even just before this, the shutdown happened or the lockdown happened, I had a few artists that would come and stop by my studio here in Los Angeles. I could see a little bit of their trajectory as to where they're going because, you know, they come to L.A. and it's like, okay, let's let's work with a few different people. Let's try and like explore as much as we can. Let's try and see what we can get before we go back to Canada. And for me, now that I'm in a space where like I'm fully kind of dialed in here, I feel like now I can kind of appreciate the hunger from a lot of people that I know that come from the same place that I do. I tell people this all the time that I feel like Los Angeles is kind of like the epicenter of entertainment. I don't know that it even kind of is. It probably is. So like being based in it has kind of like helped me always stay sharp and stay focused on what I'm doing. So just like seeing like people come from like Toronto and visit here, it's been um, interesting. But I know that there's challenges that they would face that I'm not necessarily facing right now, which is like something as simple as like coming to finish recording some songs, you know, like you might start something here in Los Angeles and then you go back to Canada and then now you're stuck because you're dealing with like whatever the news is, is suggesting as far as like staying at home or let alone travel. So it's tough. Whereas right now, like I don't necessarily have that issue, but I feel like that could be a very difficult thing. So I sympathize with that too. Well, you're making us proud, Chris. You are making us proud. 30 million people in the U.S. are currently unemployed and I believe... 50% of the population in Los Angeles have filed for unemployment. That's staggering, just looking at those two numbers alone together, whichever way. Would you say that just given the position that you're in, your counterparts that are in the same industry, and of course, Los Angeles is made up of a large entertainment population, where do we pick up the pieces from here? Do you think that productions, touring will resume hopefully this year. What does it look like? What are the conversations you're having with your colleagues? Is there a level of concern? I think the music industry specifically is just like every other industry, I'm sure, is going through a really, really serious and really dramatic change and shift. Live music, of course, like there's tons of artists that like would rely on on touring to sustain their lifestyle. And that's not happening, you know, and I don't see that happening anytime soon just because of for the obvious. And then it's like, like today I saw an article that was talking about potentially Warner Brothers being sold to Saudi Arabia or something like that, which is crazy, you know? So it's like, there's so many things happening and they are like, apparently there's already like, they already have a stake in Live Nation. So it's just a lot of stuff that's happening that like, I feel like the industry is really changing and I don't know how people are really going to pick up the pieces because like August, do you really see anyone going to like a festival environment? You know what I mean? Something that we would enjoy typically. I don't see how that's really going to be a thing. Like, is everyone going to wear a mask at this festival? Like, are people all going to get a vaccine? There's so many things to think about. And I think it's like a much longer game than people even really think. You can't really make any accurate predictions at this point. Like, that level of uncertainty, though, you would think that you'd have to maybe try to plan accordingly, look at the big picture, and do what you can proactively for now to make sure that... You're kind of staying afloat in some way. Is there yeah. any advice that you can offer artists out there who are new to the industry, especially the independent ones? Because you've done really well as an independent artist for the past 10 years. And thinking about streaming platforms right now and just how accessible it is to create your own music and create your own brand. But it is challenging to still find your own voice and audience. 
how should people who are coming up in the game right now be planning ahead in a way? Well, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier, where part of the success that I see personally is just that, first of all, I'm relying quite a bit on myself instead of having musicians and typically being able to have musicians or engineers and all of these people come around and do stuff that I could potentially do, but like would rather have someone else do. Now it's like, I have no choice but to rely on myself. So I feel like a lot of people need to start paying attention to what they can and can't do and then start developing and take this time to develop the weaker aspect of themselves. I was talking to an artist the other day and she was telling me that She's just now picked up logic and she's really trying to get to a point where she can record at home. And that's an important part where it's like, if your voice is your, your instrument and you're not able to really utilize it to the best of your ability, then you kind of put yourself in a position that's not really beneficial for the game plan that you should be rolling out, right? So like, I think the more you can rely on yourself, kind of like start, again, back to me saying refining, the more you can start refining your abilities and being realistic too. I think that should probably help you put together a game plan as to what you want to do. Like for me, you know, I've been DJing. I picked up DJing quite a bit. Like I've always wanted to do that. and It's always been a part of my life. Like a lot of my friends are DJs and stuff. But like I decided that, you know what, let me just showcase that through my IG live. So like at one point I was doing it every night, but that became a lot. But it was, it was me testing it. So now like one day out of the week, I'll dedicate like an hour to doing a DJ set. You know what I mean? And now people are open up to the idea that, hey, this person does more than play the piano or sing or design capes and accessories. Now, when the opportunity does come up that, hypothetically speaking, say next year this time, someone's looking for someone who can do the things that I'm doing or I have developed more fans now based on that, I'm prepared for it. So I just think it's now, it's a time to just kind of get prepared. Like we're fine and get prepared for what's to happen. So that's a really interesting um, perspective. It sounds like you're being industrious and finding, yeah, like you said, new ways to build community, to find fans, to share your creativity. This is actually, it's a nice little segue into another question that I have for you. So if we were just taking a bit of a trip down memory lane back to the early 2000s, Napster, LimeWire, all of these programs come on, completely disrupt the music industry. It goes from a place where the primary source of revenue is album sales and there's just this period where people are kind of trying to figure out in the music industry, how do we make money? And what are the primary streams of revenue now? And it's taken a really long time, but obviously streaming and downloads and there's a variety of different music platforms nowadays where artists can get a cut. But even aside from that, it would have been like you were saying, festivals and obviously performing live for audiences. Now, all of the streaming, I would imagine, is even up. I would think there's more people at home. There's more people on their phones. I'm sure they're listening to more music now than ever when they may have previously been in an office environment. And now they might be listening with music on in the background. But like you said, some of the other streams of revenue are not available right now. So as somebody that is thinking outside the box and trying to protect yourself for the future, where do you see the industry headed as a whole? Or what are some of the things that you kind of forecast in terms of how musicians and people in the music industry will make money in the future once this in this new world whatever it looks like i really think it comes down to owning your community and when i say owning it i really mean like developing a relationship with the people that are actively interested in what you're doing because i feel like before pre-covid 19 lockdown quarantine all that stuff i think there's a lot more distraction 
You know, like it's easier to be like, oh, well, I'm not listening to music right now. I'm going out or I'm going to have drinks or I'm going to do this. And whereas now it's kind of like leveled the playing field a little bit where everyone's kind of like on their phone. So now if someone's spending the time to listen to an hour of me DJing on IG Live and they do this regularly, then I know that that's a true fan. That's valuable time. You know, I think part of it is going to come down to you don't necessarily need to have millions of fans. You might just need to have a core group and have act direct communication and access to them and them have access to you, there might be different ways that you can capitalize on that through monetary wise. Meaning like you might be able to have merch, but like directly sell your merch to these people. You know what I'm saying? If they're interested, or it might be something where you do merch and it, it is somewhat quarantine related, like maybe it's a mask. So something different and someone's really into supporting you and they might be like, you know what, I'm going to support that person because I was already involved in their community. I like what they're doing and let me continue to be a part of that. And it's, so I think part of it is just kind of like owning your space. And again, like actually trying to like figure out what it is. You know, I've, I've seen an increase in fans on my Spotify playlist. Like my followers have gone from quite a bit. The point is, it's like now I'm seeing that, okay, there's a demographic in Brazil, for instance, hypothetically speaking, that like it shows on my Spotify that they really are, there's fans there, but now there's not really much else for them to do when it comes to like consuming my art. They do go to the places where I place myself. So like an IG live story or moment, I should say. I think part of it is just me communicating more with those people. So that's what I'm doing. You know, I think you really have to start realizing where your audience is. Yeah, I mean, in the digital age, it almost seems like if you have something to say, if you have something to show the world, an audience will follow. And now that everyone's at home, it seems like everyone's a creator in their own right. I think it was Facebook and Instagram that shot up about 40% in their user base. This was just a couple of weeks into quarantine. And then beginning of the year, TikTok reached about a billion users. So everyone's on social media, everyone's creating content telling their stories, becoming the music video star that they've always wanted to be. From your perspective, do you think that we're getting to a place where the market may be saturated in a way with everyone trying to find their audience, find their own lane, create that viral song or hit, whatever you want to call it? It must be hard for not just newcomers, but veterans in the space to kind of keep up with fans, their needs, and just to continue making that mark in the industry. Yeah, but I, I feel that like most of these industries are always saturated anyways. If your focus is on what someone else is doing, basically what I'm saying is like, I'd much rather like focus inward than outward. I'd much rather like develop what it is that I'm doing and have a smaller audience appreciate that and value that than like try to compare myself to what someone else is doing. You know what I mean? Like we're all in the same space and we're all creating. But at the end of the day, what I'm getting at is you just need to create and find what works for you. Own your space is really what I'm saying. Refine yourself and your abilities, discover your space, learn about it, your community, nurture it and own your space. That's pretty much what I'm saying. So I'm curious too, you've been talking a lot about kind of understanding your community and owning your space and connecting with people. And it's all interesting. And it's, it's also fascinating just from the perspective that you can create these connections, even though we are literally in quarantine, separating ourselves from one another. I'm curious for you, I've only visited LA, but it's just so notable for like crazy traffic, tons of cars everywhere. And there's a lot on the go and just fast paced life and everything has slowed down. So now I'm wondering, going from a day to day that was so, I'm sure, just uh, busy, at least on a relative scale compared to 
most places in the world and then just boom, slow down. I'm wondering what that has done for you creatively and what that means for the designs that you're coming up with or the the music that's going on. The things that you're doing right now, is it a reflection of what's happening in the world or is it similar to what you would have been doing three months ago? How has this sort of affected your creativity? For me specifically, my life, it hasn't been that drastic. The only thing that would change if we're talking about, let's just say, working with other musicians and recording in a studio is would I be going to someone else's studio versus being at my studio? So it's like the difference is I'm actually just still at my studio. So like I'm not really in traffic or dealing with that because I'm not going anywhere. I probably haven't been in the car in like two months. Like typically though, when things were different, I would be going out more. So I would be working and doing the things I'm doing, but I'd also be going out, being inspired, you know what I mean? And that's a big part of it. Meeting different people, which is also a big part of it. But again, now it's just a time where it's just me. It doesn't really affect what I'm doing, only because what I'm doing is literally just sitting here. I'll go on and, and perform on my piano, for instance, and I'll record it and I'll upload it or I'll do it live on Instagram. And now instead of me doing a show in West Hollywood or something like that at like the Peppermint Club, for instance, say, like I'm performing for everyone else, you know, people in Brazil or people in Germany. It's the same performance. I now have control over my performance and my audience, whereas previously it would be limited to wherever I can get booked, right? So if I could get booked in LA, do one show versus doing a performance online, obviously if you, if you go out and do shows and you invite your friends and stuff like that, like, those same friends can be online and support you and share it. So it's just like, I feel like it hasn't changed drastically for me because I'm not really leaving the studio to go to another studio. For anyone who's visiting LA now who wouldn't have a studio, yeah, of course, you're going to come here and then it'll be tough because you're like, all right, well, you're going to spend a few hours at this person's studio and maybe some at this other person's studio. And LA spread out as it is. I'm sure everyone knows that. You're dealing with traffic. You're dealing with all of these other headaches, which to some people, maybe that's inspiring. To some, it might actually be a headache. For me, there's less distraction. Less distraction is always good, especially when you're creative. Because as we know, all of us kind of have a level of ADHD from time to time. But for you, you love to travel. I know that about you. You go to Europe, you go to Asia, you come to Canada, all over the States, doing your thing, with fashion and music. And travel is known to be a source of inspiration when it comes to creativity, right? So for you, being in your studio and your home the past two months and who knows for how much longer, yes, you've still been able to create new music and new art, but how do you still find that inspiration? Does it come up anywhere? You don't have to be outside, clearly. But how does one stay inspired? Or if you have any tips for people out there with Creatives Block, looking at the same four walls all day, every day. Yeah, no, it's tough. And honestly, it's, it's really tough. I mean, I really feel like traveling is like truly a gift, you know, like, and I don't take it for granted. Like, I'm very grateful for being able to do that. You know, I've been to some very interesting places and music is taking me there. So I'm really, really grateful for that. But even being in this situation, it's literally like finding different things to distract yourself with, you know? So like, it could be reading a book, it could be, who knows? There's so many different ways to distract yourself. I think that that's healthy. I think you need to just continue to dig deeper and find different things to keep yourself happy. Maybe conversations, like it could be like FaceTime calls, you know what I'm saying? Like where you're, you're not traveling to wherever it is, but like you could be on a call with someone and they can share certain things and you can almost feel like you're there. I think part of it is 
not trying to really fight the fact that you can't really go outside or you shouldn't, but embracing it and kind of like treating it up a different thing for yourself, you know? So like, I obviously I'd love to travel. It's tough to stay in one place, especially when there's events and stuff that you would think like fashion week or, you know, like I said, a certain festival or whatever. And these things kind of like you get someone, one might be inspired by these trips, but I think it's also like, um, you know, hopefully there's a light at the end of the tunnel. At some point we will get out or at some point we will be able to see our friends again. And at some point we will be able to get out or maybe just have a drink with someone else. You know, like I said, I don't know the answer to that, but I think for me, it's just like finding different things to keep yourself in good spirits. And part of that could be conversation too. So Chris, by any chance, are you a basketball fan? I used to be, which is kind of wild because forever, like as a kid, that's all I was a fan of. And then at one point I just like fell out of it. And then for years, I hadn't played basketball at all. And then like didn't watch anything. And then like I left Toronto. So like I was like, yeah, I'm out in Raptors. Well, you left in the championship round. That's a tough one to miss. But then I'm curious now. I'm a huge sports guy. And I was so looking forward to the Clippers versus the Lakers, the LA showdown. My last question is, if we can get back to this season, who do you think is going to win that? I don't know enough about either of them at this point. But I would go to the game. I'd go to the game, though. I'd go to the game and probably be like, you know what? Whose jersey do I like better or whatever the case is. That's pretty much how I decide. Does that answer your question, Tom? I was probably hoping for a quiet answer, but it really doesn't matter. It's not about me. Who are you predicting then? The final week before the NBA shut down, LeBron James beat Giannis in the Bucks, and then he beat Kawhi in the Clippers back-to-back, and they have the best record in the West, second best in the NBA so I tend to lean towards LeBron, but I am a Kawhi fan just because of what he did for the Raptors last year. So I would be partial to the Clippers. You got to come up for a game then when it's back in that. It's the hardest part of quarantine for me, my friend. Those box seats. You're like, God damn, I paid for those box seats. Now what am I going to do? Listen, there's always something to look forward to. And apparently we're all going through our own struggles. But Chris, we really appreciate you taking the time to share your insights and, and kind of give us a glimpse as to what's going on over there in L.A. and with the music scene. So thanks so much for your time. No, thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys. Of course. And take care. You too.